get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. All right, let's go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by Kylie McDaniel. He's the ESPN Major League Baseball insider, joins us regularly here on the show. He also writes about prospects over on ESPN.com. We'll get to his farm system rankings here in just a little bit. But, Kylie, where I want to begin is the big news that we saw last night in Major League Baseball with Baltimore uh, trading for Corbin Burns, get one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball in an expiring deal, and in return, the Milwaukee Brewers got a couple of fringe top 100 prospects and a comp pick. What did you make of the deal? What did you think of the return for Milwaukee? Uh, I think it was the kind of deal that they needed to make. Uh, I actually had written the blurb for the farm rankings that went up today. I'd written it two days ago, and I basically said they traded Hayter, they lost Brandon Woodruff, and then they have Burns and Adamas that are contracts are ending this year. They're not the kind of team that's going to extend probably one, but definitely not both of those guys. And they had Devin Williams coming up the next year. So it's basically like they're going to keep zero or one of these guys and they need to rely on that next wave of talent if they're going to continue their payroll where it is, which seems like they will. Um, So they needed to turn Burns into something and God forbid he gets hurt during the season. You can't rely on like a bidding war that'll get you more at the deadline. And if you're, you know, in uh, in contention, maybe you hold on to him. Like you just needed to rip off the bandaid and kind of get moving. And the other thing that was in that blurb from farm rankings today is if you look at the guys that uh, graduated from their system last year, all the way down to the guys that will start in high a this year. So all the guys that could debut 23, 24 and 25, they have 18 guys that I think could be everyday or better players. So they're going to replace those half dozen guys that were the basis of this last team with three times as many guys as they need to replace them. You'd think there's going to be six standout guys from that group, given the way that they can develop talent. Kylie Carl's made a move themselves yesterday as they signed Keenan Middleton, according to reports to a deal. If this is the final move of the Cardinals offseason, what do you make of their offseason this year? Uh, I think they did what they needed to do. I think you can count on some bounce backs and, you know, some health things like that to kind of go in the right direction. I think they're right there in the conversation. I don't think they're on the same level as, you know, the Braves, the Dodgers, probably behind the Phillies. And then I think they're right there in that next group, including the Diamondbacks. And obviously with the Diamondbacks, it's a good example of like, you can make a world series. If you start the season in that area, you know, have some good luck, get into the tournament and kind of get hot at the right time. And I know it's not necessarily what Cardinals fans want to hear. I think they like to hear like we're the heavy, overwhelming favorite, Uh, but having the Brewers probably out of the mix this year, the Pirates are probably still out of the mix. The Cubs have not pushed all their chips in yet. Like, this seems like a good year to be bouncing back and kind of having the pieces in place, having the veterans, having the young players, having a good mix of guys. Uh, I think this is kind of shaping up as a, as a good season for the Cardinals, and don't save that tape in case it doesn't happen. Can you win a World Series if Miles Michaelis is your number two starter, Kylie? I mean, that was, I'm pretty sure I've said it on the show multiple times that I was like, the problem is they don't have an ace. And I'm not sure there's like an ace or even a frontline guy in the system. I don't think they're going to pay $180 million to get Aaron Nola, but if I were them, I would. How are they going to fix this? And the idea would be, you know, in basketball, you have to have a one and probably a two to really make a run. And, you know, in football, you have to have a quarterback that's at least pretty good or else the best team outside of the quarterback. And in baseball, like, I guess you can win without having an ace and like a dominant closer. But like, I wouldn't want to be the team betting that's going to happen because like there's teams like the Dodgers and Braves that start the season with a really good rotation. Then they get to the playoffs and it's not very good anymore. And so the Cardinals are starting with a, you know, middle of the road, like good veteran rotation. I think everyone is over 32. 
and I don't think, like I said, I think it's more depth starters that will be coming up this year. Um, so I kind of worry that that has been the weakness for the last couple of years, and they addressed it in sort of the the lowest possible way, just getting veterans that can fill those holes and hoping Sunny Gray can stay together this year. And, you know, as you can tell, like, I'm not super optimistic about that, but it's not like they can't all throw 175 innings of, you know, three and a half to four ERA ball and then win a couple playoff games. Like, I'm not going to rule it out, but, like, that's what I would worry about. Yeah, it's it's been our concern for the last four months because they got so, so much of this done early on in the offseason that we, we were just – left to stew on the fact that they weren't going to get that number two starter. And so as I look back at the offseason and what's taken place, Kylie, I, I don't think they were ever going to get Yamamoto. They weren't going to pay that kind of money, and I, I don't think he was ever going to come here. Shota Imanaga wasn't an option. He appeared to have always been kind of set on Chicago. Aranola was apparently never leaving Philadelphia. So you look at the actual options that were out there, and it's like, okay, so you could have had Eduardo Rodriguez. I don't know that that necessarily fixes your problem. Michael Walk, I don't think, fixes your problem. And so really it was like, do you want to trade for Robbie Ray or Chris Sale? And that was kind of the only way that they could have fixed what they lacked at the front end of their rotation. Do you think they should have been more involved in one of those trade negotiations? Yeah, I mean, you could have said Glasnow, Burns, whenever the price comes down on Cease. Like, there are ways because like, they have essentially too many young uh, position players. Like, just trading Tyler O'Neill did not clear that out. That sort of suggests to me that they'd rather be over-invested in young position players or they haven't figured out who the keepers are and who the non-keepers are. So they're going to let them all play and kind of see what happens. Theme um, of the last but, I mean, 10 you've years. Got, <laughs> yeah, but you've got, like, Victor Scott and Segisi and uh, and Chase Davis and Mason Wynn and Nolan Gorman. and Brit- Like, you have an entire lineup worth of guys that are, like, under 25 that either are in the big leagues or will be in the next year or two. So you don't have to have all of those other guys. And so there would be a line of thinking. You should go to Seattle or go to Tampa Bay or go to Cleveland or these places that are, um, you know, they're creating these players that you need. Like there is a way to get a frontline guy. It's just going to be something like that Burns trade where you would trade, say, Sagisi and Roby uh, to get one year of Burns, probably not extend them or have them go hit the market and see what happens. And that's what you would do if you really, really wanted to win this year, which is what the Yankees are doing. Like Brian Cashman has to win this year. If he wins 80 games, he'll probably get fired. And so he's acting like that. And the Cardinals and most of the other teams in baseball are like, well, we don't want to spend this much or we don't want to win that bad. Or we need to think about the three to five year plan. Like, how could this be sustainable? And so it's like they wouldn't say they don't want to win, but that's obviously not the number one priority is winning the most games they can this year. And Kylie, I feel like a big reason for that is they to me, this has felt almost like a transition year for the Cardinals where, yeah, they're going to be competitive and they can do that in this division. But they want to wait on their starters to develop in their minor league system, like a Tinkins, like a TK Roby, and that those guys can be top end starters. Do you do you see that potential for those guys? Do they have like a number one that can develop in their system? I think Hints could be a two or three starter. I don't think he'll be a one, but he basically everything he does is above average, and you can project average to above command, and that's basically what a number two is. I mean, that's basically the scouting reporter Jordan Montgomery who pitched like a two last year. Um, so Hintz is the guy I think you can count on. He hasn't thrown a ton of innings. I wouldn't count on him throwing a lot of innings in the big leagues, if at all, this year. I think 2025 is when he'll show up. And with young pitching, like we don't know if they're going to come up and immediately be good, or it takes a couple years. Um, I mean, Alex Ray is another example of a guy that came up that was even more hyped than Tink Hintz, and it was just sort of like, well, when when is this going to come together? And it just never quite did. Um, behind them, Roby, I think, is like a three if it works, probably more of a four. Uh, Cooper Jerby hasn't been throwing strikes. He's a three or a four if it clicks. McGreevy, I think, is a four. Garcefo's a four or five. Reverse is a four or five. Um, it's just like a lot of guys that are nice to Libertor, Zach Thompson. You have all these guys that are nice to have, can fill it out, 
can come up and be a sixth or seventh starter to start the year and then fill in as guys get injured. But like you're saying, you're still there that when Gray and Gibson and Lynn and Michaelis and these guys' contracts are up, you don't have the one and two. You still have to go get that guy. And so if, for instance, you plug in Yamamoto, the entire thing changes. And that's how much money you paid. I think Gray and Gibson together this year would be the same, like 30-something that you give Nola or Yamamoto. Like, it's not like they couldn't afford that guy. They just don't want to do that kind of outlay or didn't think that they could, you know, get him to sign with them. It's, it's one of those things where it's like every team in baseball can afford to give one player $30 million. No one's payroll is $35 million. It's just a matter of do they want to take on the risk of not having that margin for error because obviously paying Arenado and Goldschmidt doesn't scare them. So like they, they can do it, but they don't want to do it because they don't like what it means if they're wrong. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> what Kylie McDaniel just said in 30 seconds is what I've been trying to say for the last seven years on this show. Kylie, that is exactly right. Like they, they have the ability to make all of these moves that they preclude themselves from. They just don't want to. Like their spending has honestly been fine. I don't necessarily hate the fact that they're 10th in Major League Baseball and payroll. Like that, whatever. It is what it is. The problem is the lack of aggression at the top of the market. Like they spend on Andrew Miller and they spend on Greg Holland and they spend on Brett Cecil and they go to the market for these mid-tier starters where they're signing Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. And instead of doing that, maybe just like, you know, get one of the really, really good guys. So if I put you in charge of the Cardinals today, Kylie, would you be making a run right now at like, for example, Blake Snell, who apparently nobody wants to pay? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily put my neck on the line for Blake Snell, particularly given what I think he wants and what Scott Boris wants and the way his eyes will light up if he hears a team that wasn't interested and so is suddenly interested. Uh, but I think if given the entire offseason to sort of plan this out and go after the guys that you want and look at the trades and you have sort of the entire math available to you, yes. Uh, because the, I mean, I've been writing a version of this for years of ESPN, but the, the, the way I look at it is there are too many teams that when you get to what is the, what is the thing they're actually trying to do? Like they would say it's winning, but it's more like winning in the medium to long term, not winning in the short term. If you think back to like when you're a little kid and you're collecting baseball cards and like, I don't know if everybody did this, but I would take like open a couple packs and make a team out of them. Like I, I was basically playing like Madden franchise mode with my baseball cards when I was like six years old. It's just the way that I thought. If you go to that guy and say, hey, Kylie, we could, we could put you in charge of a baseball team. You'll make seven figures. Would you rather run the team to try to win some games and, you know, get a pennant and, you know, you know have a Hall of Fame induction where somebody says your name and, like, all that kind of stuff? Or would you rather manage the team for the three- to five-year period and the number one thing you're trying to do is the thing that we hate about politics where they're just trying to get reelected, they're trying to get the next contract, they're trying to, like, avoid risk and not get fired? Would you do that or, or would you, like, go for it and try to do something? What do you think six- or seven-year-old Kylie would say? Sure, and you're I think trying there, to win. There maybe should be a little bit more in that because, like, if you were to take, like, um, Lance Lynn and uh, William Contreras's or Wilson Contreras's contract and put it together, you could afford almost anyone on the free agent market just with the, this year's salary. And that is not the way anyone's thinking about it. I, uh, there was a GM I talked to last year where uh, he was off the record walking me through like their offseason because I had said some critical things about their offseason. He was explaining like, well, we couldn't do this and we offered that. And, and he was like, so we couldn't afford that guy. And I'm like, yeah, you could. He was like, no, we couldn't. And I was like, no, no, no you don't want to. It's like the same point I was just making to you. And I had to like take three laps with him for him to be like, well, yeah, I guess we could have afforded that guy, but it was 25 million a year and I didn't want to do that. I was like, there you go. Didn't want to do it. Thank you. And he like, didn't even consider that I was correct until I took three laps around it to be like, no, no, no. You made like seven assumptions that you didn't want to change. And that's why you couldn't afford him. But you could change those assumptions if you wanted to. The ownership gives you like a budget. They don't tell you don't spend over 20 million on, on any one guy. That's just what you decided to do. 
So that would be how I would approach it, the way seven-year-old Kylie would, hopefully with some of the wisdom that you know 38-year-old Kylie has come up with since then. Kylie McDaniels, our guest. He's one of the best uh, to talk a little baseball with. You can find his work over at ESPN.com, where you can find his rankings of uh, all of the different farm systems in Major League Baseball. He has the Cardinals at number 18. That's kind of the range that they've they've hovered in. They've been like somewhere between 10 and, and 20 for you know the last decade or so, and they're one of the best teams in the sport at producing really solid Major Leaguers, whether that's starters, whether that's relievers, position players, etc. So that that ranking itself makes a lot of sense to me Kylie when you look at their system though who are the guys that get you excited where you just think to yourself like hey they could be something more than just your run-of-the-mill mid-rotation starter or like a sixth inning reliever or a really nice like utility infielder who are the guys that actually get you excited as a Cardinals observer observer so there's a couple guys that have various versions of like chances to be that guy and have the upside to be that guy. Mason Wynn is obviously one. I know he wasn't good in his debut. I still think he's going to be an above average everyday shortstop. And obviously with the 80 grade arm, I compare him to doing a lot of the same things as Raphael for call. That's a guy that like from early in my life that I still remember because he just like ran real fast and threw real hard and played shortstop and was on some good teams. And Wynn has some of that same stuff going on. So I think that's exciting. Tink Hens is the second-rated prospect. I think he also has that stuff. It's a silky smooth arm action. He's just growing into stuff. And you could imagine his stuff taking one more step, and all of a sudden he has four-plus pitches and he's a starter, and this is like a dude-dude. Um, I think Victor Scott as like a plus-plus runner that can put the ball on play, that has sneaky power. I could see that guy turning into an above-average everyday player. He was actually a little, little preview for you guys was 105, so he just missed the top 100. Um, and then I think the guy that's not getting a lot of attention, like you probably remember Chase Davis, the first pick from the, this past year. He's corner outfielder with a lot of power but not like 40 home run power. So, you know, it's, you know, similar to the guys that are on the team right now, but I would say Thomas DeGisi is a guy that's not getting a ton of attention. who was acquired at the, uh, the deadline last year who might hit 260 with 25 homers and play the infield. I think he's a, a notch above that kind of tier of guy you're talking about where it's like, Oh yeah, this guy's fine. But like, if you can get a guy better than him, you'll take the guy better than him. And DeGisi might be a notch better than that. Might be, you know, in the Gorman territory, if things really click. And I don't think he's getting talked about in the way that Gorman and Jordan Walker and those guys were, just because he isn't that physically big. He wasn't a high draft pick. He was recently traded. He's not a shortstop, but he's good at everything else. And so I think he's the guy that gets me a little excited. And then one more I would say is Josh Baez, who has been injured, has been some swing and miss, but he has that might hit 30 or 40 home runs and has a plus-plus arm that's very easy to fall in love with. He was in the upper 90s on the mound as a high school player, but he's not a professional pitcher. Uh, if he can get the sort of consistency and contact together, he has a chance to just shoot right onto the top 100 and be the guy that we're talking about uh, at this time next year. Kylie, do you have like a comp for who Victor Scott reminds you of? Because I can't think of anybody who can steal 90 bases that would be in center field to comp him to. Uh, I mean, he's bigger than that, like Juan Pierre, uh, like style of player. And I think there's like a little more pop than that. And I'm hesitant to say, I remember when CJ Abrams was in the draft, I said he looked like Kenny Lofton because I think the tools were similar. And he also had like some of the same mannerisms and his like posture and his swing was similar. Uh, Scott, I'm thinking more of like a, like sort of a slasher that's going gap to gap and running and just sort of being annoying. It's like somewhere between those two extremes, but I'm not immediately coming up with a name, but I'm sure if you guys took like, or either one of us took 10 or 15 minutes, I could probably come up with a guy that, that does that sort of stuff. Kylie, appreciate the time as always, man. And not just because you confirm my priors, but thanks for hopping on with us today. We'll talk with you again soon, my friend. That should be my business card. I'm here to confirm your price. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a good way to go about it. That's Kylie McDaniel. Find his great work over at ESPN.com. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at KylieMCD. Always appreciate him.